This episode of How Much for a Sleeve is sponsored by Cold Pressed Cannabinoids. Go to Instagram at coldpressed.cbd or on the normal internet on cold-pressed.io and use Sleeve 10 at the checkout to get 10% off. Thank you much for sponsoring. Bye-bye. Bye. How much for a sleeve? Hello and welcome to How Much for a Sleeve, a podcast about tattooing hosted by an actual tattooist. Lucy. And an actual knob, Mick Tickner. How are you? I'm well. Did I say it okay today? Yeah, it was fine. Well done. Good. Said your own name. You shouldn't get a well done for that, but I guess <laughs> you do bad. deserve it. <laughs> How are you this week? Good. Good. Been, Good. Uh, been busy recording more things for this. <laughs> so that's all exciting and we've got loads of cool people coming up so thanks for listening yeah thanks. lots of cool thanks people. for your sharing and thanks for your your reviews and and all that i know i say it all the time but we do we do appreciate it and appreciate you so thank you very much and i appreciate yeah. you lucy well done to you too you got your name right oh, you must be oh so proud. thank you so much i I suppose I appreciate you because I wouldn't know how to do all the editing stuff. Yeah. I know the place. Um, Yeah. What have you been up to? What have you been doing? Well, I I don't really know, actually. This week, now that we're actually possibly going back to work, I feel like every week is just accelerating. Yeah. Um, So I don't really know what I've done. Yesterday, I got a bit carried away with the self-tattooing. Yes. And um, I'd done three of them. How is your legs? Yeah, they're a little bit better. I did my right knee, the inside of my left knee, and then I reworked um, an old shitty one I did when I very first started on the inside of my left calf. The inside of your knee, I bet that pings a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, that nagged. That did yeah. nag. No, what? Yeah, it did nag. I'm not going to lie. And then um, the my right knee, I numbed it, but then as it starts to wear off, it was very sore. And every time I tattoo myself, I just think, oh, my God, I feel so sorry. I do this to people all day long, and I feel so sorry for them. Why does anyone get tattooed? <laughs> <laughs> and you sit there when you're tattooing us, and we're going, oh, I want you to shut up and just get them to do my job, man. <laughs> uh, I do. I, maybe not, but I do laugh a lot. Which is about, I think it's like a guilt laugh. Well, you laugh while, while someone's moaning? A little bit. Yeah, like oh, <laughs> it's like sorry. Ner- nervous thing. Sorry, you are an Why adult. Why are you crying? <laughs> <laughs> you are an adult. You should know these things by now. Yeah, you're paying. I like to tell. <laughs> yeah, you're paying for this as well. Yeah, it's just character building. You'll be fine. <laughs> I'd be um, a great dad. We have the chaps from Rotary Works in on this episode to talk us through their the history of their machines and that, and it is super interesting. Yeah. It was so interesting. Like, I am a big Rotary Works fan. They're the only machines pretty much that I've ever ever used, really. What are they called? Rotary Works. Rotary Works. (laughs) Rotary Works. Please, enunciate. The the, uh, fine young chaps from Rotary Works. That's better. um, Exceptional machines make painless tattoos. (laughs) And very reasonably priced, I, I do say. Yeah, and I was I 
I thought was really cool is that you you buy the machine and you sort of buy into their them as well. And if it gets yeah. a bit knackered, you send it off, they fix it and send it back. And all you have to do is pay your pay your couple of dabs for your postage. You don't have to sign yeah. up to any service plans or anything. And I think little things like that in this day and age when everyone's trying to take a quid for for doing fuck all is is very very cool and well done them yeah that is nice um I, what i want to know is how are you able to talk while watching rugby at the same time yeah it's because i've got a <laughs> microphone and a telly in the same room that we're doing this your face i'm watching you like we're doing this via zoom uh social distancing and mick's face is just constantly <laughs> at like a 45 degree angle to the tv and no the sports on <laughs> Sorry. Good job it's not Spurs, otherwise we no, wouldn't get... we wouldn't be doing it if Spurs were on. We, we, <laughs> we, did, we did one where Spurs, recorded one where Spurs was on, and I did have that on, and we lost. So I was just kind <laughs> of doing that thing that I think I've shown you where I, where I, um, that I've learned from having to do so many tedious Zoom meetings at work is where I can put myself on mute and scream without opening my mouth. Do it now. Do you want me to do it with, with, with not muted so you can actually hear the screen I don't know, I didn't well. really think that through. Yeah, do it not muted because otherwise okay. this is really yeah. poor quality yeah. content. <laughs> yeah. So, right, watch my face. You ready? <laughs> oh my God, my Gargan! My Gargan is back! <laughs> it was you all along! Yeah, so that that's what I do when um, people lie to me or, I, or, or probably more likely there's that I forgot to do something and then realise my day's ruined. I'd really enjoy it if you forgot to mute yourself. Yeah, what was what on earth was that? Sorry, <laughs> stubbed my toe. Although I do, my, my kitten, we, we'll have to get some pictures of our pets to put up because they always Absolutely. come and ruin things and no one knows what they look like. Yeah, um, let's but, do a pet highlight. Let, definitely, but um, I've got a kitten and she jumps from the floor where I'm sat and, and the first point of access is the outside of my thigh. So she jumps on that, just all claws in, tries to climb up. <laughs> And I don't realise she's there and I might be halfway through talking and then I've basically got four forks going into my thigh and I go, ah, oh, fuck, no. Sorry, it's just my cat's just jumped up on my lap there. Sorry. Anyway, back to the, you know. Elvis did that this morning. He loves to jump on my, on my this is probably going too far for podcasts. Maybe I've reached a new low, a new low but uh, he likes to jump on my lap when I go for a wee. Yeah. And um, he dug his claws into my freshly tattooed knee this morning oh, and I did, a little, I did a little cry. Yeah, both both my cats uh fascinated when Danny goes to the toilet, but not not me. <laughs> and I do sit down wheeze because I'm not a real man. Um, so that's a I, lazy I, wee. Yeah, I feel like I've been I've been sat down all day. I've earned this. <laughs> to do a lazy wee as a, a human with a penis mm -hmm. does it <laughs> does it have to be of a certain size? No. Because I would surely, actually say for your the, size, it would just shoot upwards. The smaller, smaller the better, <laughs> I would say, because you've got less, less. You've got a sort of. I can just like, I can just keep mine pointing down with a low breeze from my mouth, like that. But <laughs> the yeah, I imagine that if it's massive, you might it might go in the toilet and out. But uh, uh, yeah, no. Dip in. Um. Uh, another thing is, and this is a. a Again, probably a bit base, but I am a bloke and I'm not very good at aim because no one is. So if I sit down, I don't have to clear anything up because it's got nowhere else to go. See what I mean? I, mean, it, I don't understand how it can be that hard. The toilet's quite big. Yeah. 
I'd, there's a lot of factors that we don't need to go into, but one one of them is just laziness in general, oh, you know, and and just just not concentrating, or you know, you okay. you got you nearly drop your phone in the in the toilet and you and a little arc goes off somewhere else. Fifty percent of the audience are going to understand. The rest of us are just going to go, what? Just, just now I've got a very clean toilet and I don't wee all over it. And also it means if I come around your house, I'm probably not going to piss all over everything. So pardon me. You've got that to look forward to as well. Well, this has been awful. Um, shall we go Shall we go into our, into our episode? Yeah, sorry, Dale and Ian, for starting off your podcast talking about little willies and weeing all over the place. And just to say on this one, the uh, Dale and Ian were in their warehouse slash what's it called factory workshop Workshop, that's the word (laughs) um so obviously acoustics aren't the greatest in there and there were still machines in there going off so we we tried our best with the sound there's a couple of times where there's just weird noises in the background uh sorry about that nothing we can do but yeah the stuff they're saying is interesting so it doesn't really matter yeah super interesting that was yeah really nice to talk about all the different machines and stuff and um, it was quite visual though, so there will be some visual uh, watching, some yeah. video, Videos video, a video, a video, yeah. um, do do where it. you can see what they're showing us. Yeah, pretty cool show and show and tell of all their machines and how they evolved from being massive, great can opener looking type things to these cool little <laughs> aluminium branded logo yeah. stuff, and just looks really sexy. So. Yeah. <laughs> that was technical speak there from from yeah. Nick. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> but yeah, it was even persevere with the sound because the what they're saying is great, and they're if anyone's ever met them, you'll know they're just lush, lush humans. So yeah, it was it was a joy and a delight. So thanks, guys. Thank Hopefully you. You do listen. <laughs> so this is episode. Six with yeah. Dale and Ian from Rotary Works. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks. Hey, this is Bob Tyrell, and you're listening to How Much for a Sleeve. Hi, thank you so much for joining us. That's all right. That's all right. Thanks for having us for the invite. I gather that we had to um, convince you a bit, Dale, a bit camera shy. Yeah. Uh, I'm not the best in uh, the public eye. Stay in the shadows. <laughs> so we have Dale and Ian from Rotary Works. I am so excited to chat to you guys. I've used your machine since I first picked up a machine, so I've been fangirling about this. <laughs> Good. We'd like to hear it. Are you keeping busy during lockdown? Is it still work as normal for you? Yeah, not really. It's, um, it's doing a bit here and there, but uh, we try to keep busy, but don't do what you can do, really, can't you? So um, yeah. this year with a with a new machine, so we're all full CNC and up and running, doing most of our own stuff. So rather than sending it out, I suppose the the demand must be a little lower if nobody's using any machines. Yeah, it's pretty quiet. It's, it's kind of nice, and it's not. Um, it's not nice not having money, but it's nice having a bit of freedom to do other stuff and not like panicking about stuff and just trying to meet the demand for everything. Yeah. 
yes yeah, it's, it's not nice having money i'm definitely looking forward to being able to earn some of that again yeah it'd be nice yeah we've been fortunate to like <laughs> put a, like a bit of trickle like trickle here and trickle there on yeah. money whereas yeah tattooists generally a bit yeah a bit screwed yeah, pretty far just notice that you, you do um, service your machines as well, so I, I assume that there's fewer people coming in because they're not being used as much, so that must be a bit of a pain as well. I don't know. We, we still get quite a bit, don't we? Because people are not working. They're like, well, we're not working. Let's send them in to be serviced. Fine. But, yeah, I mean, point. We're, we're not at the shop most of the time, and I don't want anybody to have my secret location address, so... <laughs> <laughs> we we go and pick them up, but uh, it works all right. It's a bit slower doing the repairs for people, but because they're not working, it works in their favour and our favour, really. Yeah, I would have sent mine in, to be honest, <laughs> if I had any money. On a whole, we don't generally charge the service. It's part of, part of our kind of service. Just We just ask just pay the postage. I mean, we're happy to... Parts yeah, well, the parts of proper shop, but mainly it's with send the warranty and all that kind of stuff anyway. So. Yeah, I do know this guy. We were chatting to Matt Stops the other day, and um, he said like one of his first machines uh, from you guys is like Trigger's broom, and I said the same. <laughs> I got a, a green aluminium triple conrod. Must be six, seven years ago now. And I think the only thing that's original on it is the frame. But I, I remember sending it back to you. Something had happened, and um, and I just got it back. And that was literally just a postage. And I couldn't I couldn't believe it. Really, like the service is always so great. We do try sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, well, Ian used to tattoo. I I still tattoo, not as much as I used to. And it, I think our thing is, if you if you've got a machine and you want to use it what's the point of it being stuck and broken in a drawer so my my thing is send it we'll repair it so so you've still you know you've still got the machine up and running and, and that's just the way i like it to be really so it's just it's working it's not stuck in the drawer so send it yeah, get it fixed, back. yeah and that, that's awesome so that's one of one of the questions i was going to ask you is that um if you both tattoo or you, you both have tattooed in the past, or, or what's the backstory really with both of you? Uh, I'll start with this one. <laughs> He's the oldest. Uh, I mean, I, I'd be 1997. My dad taught me through the family. There's me, three brothers, and my dad tattoo. Um, wow. Still, uh, we still tattoo, but I started in 1997, and a few years in, well, I've been making them, trying to make machines since then, pretty much. Uh, there's some old dodgy photos lying around somewhere of me making stuff. Um, <laughs> and yeah, a few years in, then Ian started with us and just, how long you been, how long do you tattoo for? No, because Dale, Dale originally, he taught me to tattoo, so I did my apprenticeship with Dale at his oh, studio. Nice one. That was 90, oh, was it 2008? 2007, 2008? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then, yeah, I, I I just got fed up with it, and um, Dale needed some works. So yeah, sort of it's like a nice sort of easy transition. So I still works in the shop, but yeah, it's making making the machines for him, or just dealing with the machine side of things. That's awesome. I love that. I love that you that Dale taught you to tattoo. That's such a cool. That's a cool story. 
Loosely taught me. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> don't in the old way. There's a machine. Get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> How I was taught by my dad. <laughs> well, that's like um, my boyfriend Grant. His dad tattooed in the seventies, and then um, when like the AIDS crisis hit, he just put down his machines and never picked them up again. And then Grant had always drawn and just decided to get his machines down from the loft. And his dad just sort of loosely said, like, this is what you do. And he, and Grant started on his leg. And um, and back then, like, he, his dad was making his own machines. And he, he went into a, a DIY store, a proper electric store back then. And they had a load of um, of doorbells for sale. Yeah. And they were like 20p or something. So we bought them all and then made all these machines. And it's beyond me. I'm not technically minded oh. at all. <laughs> it's... It's cool. We've got a whole bag of them in the shop, and I've got one framed up. And but yeah, that's so that's how he learned. Literally, just see, go get on with it. Just <laughs> press away. Yeah. <laughs> anyone can tattoo, whether they can do it well or not. It's two different things. But anyone can tattoo. That's something interesting because we've had quite a few people talking about their apprenticeships, but I think um, they're mostly the what would be classed as the traditional apprenticeship now, where you take your portfolio around, you sit next to someone for two years and do what you're told. So is that significantly different how, how you started with with just being sort of, here's a machine, here's how to be safe, away you go? No, I had I, I say, I had to watch. I had to sit there, my dad had a stool, I'd sit there, watch what I'm doing, and I had friends come to the shop and they were tattooists and then go to their shop and watch them tattoo and, but you're not allowed back then. You weren't really allowed to ask questions. It was frowned upon. Just like everything's a secret. So much secret. I mean, bear in mind when I started, there's no internet. So if you wanted to do anything, you had to buy a book. Um, but yeah, it's just you know, it's it's learning everything and just doing it. It's, it's a hard way to learn. But I I I was taught how to make needles, which a lot of people still don't know. I mean, we did some needles together, didn't we? So I used to make my own needles. Um, that's that's like a little bit of a, a technique in itself, but um, yeah, I did a traditional apprenticeship. Spoke to like shit, go to the shop, do this, do that. Even law with my dad, but you know you you have to do it. But I don't agree with being disrespectful to people. I mean, I was never disrespectful. Although I used to punch in in the nuts quite a lot because he's a father. <laughs> it was like fifty times a day, easily. Like, I'll snap them <laughs> Have you got any kids here? What's that? Have you got any kids? Yeah, you yeah luckily. One. Got one. That's a miracle. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you in the shop today? No, we're in Dale's workshop. Work, Dale's workshop. Um, That's why you put this banner up. Oh, I love that. I find it absolute carnage. <laughs> I went went to the shop for that there because it's just crap everywhere. There's machines everywhere, and it's just yeah. We've got the log burner on, which is nice. It's nice and warm. Make sure it's warm for you, and it gets cold. <laughs> Romantic. Got to keep, keep his bollocks warm before you punch them later. Eh? <laughs> exactly. Oh, they're done for. They're down his knees now. They are. Um, so when you first started making machines, did you did you go straight to rotaries or did you make coils first? No, I hated coils. 
but uh, it was Rotary's. Um, I don't know if you know him, um, uh, Andy Barber, who's a good uh, tattooist friend of mine. Um, my dad took me to see him back in when I started tattooing, and I just watching the way he worked, how he put colour in the skin, and just his machines, just the noise of his machines were just amazing. Honestly, it's just like for me that's tattooing, and then I just got obsessed with it. And just uh, luckily, I had an engineer around the corner from my shop. Um, up until last year, they were still making stuff for me, and one of them was like eighty-six, and the other one seventy-six years old. But wow. the, the younger one retired because of COVID and that, uh, which was sad times. But they yeah. pretty much they pretty much made every single machine of mine. So every every model to date that I've got uh, pre last year, they they. They designed and made for me. Well, yeah. I give them, I give them drawings, <laughs> and then they were well, they they, 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 they weren't drawings. It was it was a, it was a sketch. <laughs> they, they always used to say to me, "I tell you what, we'll send that off to NASA for testing." <laughs> um, but yeah, the proper old boys are amazing. Sitting there, literally eating pilchards for lunch, drinking beer and bits and bobs. Yeah. And just yeah, honestly, that's like a great life. Their, their <laughs> engine shop was a death trap. Mine, honestly. <laughs> Health and safety had nothing on them. Nice stuff. They probably made that triple that you've got. <laughs> oh, well, I've got, I've got, um, I've got two triples, a slimline and a direct drive. I literally don't use anything else. I try. I got like a, a fish rotary. I got, um, I got a sunskin one, and I, hate, I just hate them. I just, I try it, and I'm like, nah. <laughs> I think just, just, just one thing, Lucy. Sorry to butt in before, before you get deep into nerd um for my for my benefit and the benefit of the listeners who might not know uh, the difference can can you just explain what the difference between a coil and a rotary machine is one's noisy one's not <laughs> <laughs> one's run like with a motor which is plug and play basically um it's as simple as that and a, a coil is run uh by electric magnetized coils uh which which run this heavy, clunky, nice machine as far as I'm concerned to use. If, if, if you like them, uh, <laughs> they both, it's like being a painter, both have their benefits. Um, some people like both, some people just use coils, but I think you just need to be open with everything personally. But a, a tool is only as good as the person using it, that's what I think. So, Absolutely. and there's a lot of good out there using both. So, yeah. why not? I mean, I the benefit for me, like I was chatting to Matt about this, and I really struggle with my hands. I got carpal tunnel, so if I'm using a coil or any other heavy machine, even like playing brass, I struggle with them, and yeah. I my hands go numb within like a minute. So the the aluminium ones are so perfect for me because they don't cause me any pain. <laughs> and I, I remember like chatting to you at Brighton a couple. Well, it must be a couple of years ago now because of all this pandemic shit, but. And I said, have you got any more aluminium? And you're like, no, I hate him. I hate triple con rods. Why does everyone like him so much? <laughs> I do. He still tells everyone they're horrible. They're, hor- they're an horrible machine. Don't buy them, they're shit. <laughs> they're absolutely horrible. They're only good for digging gardens up, and that's it. They're relentless. Told me they I hate my mum. Like. <laughs> but we, we literally sell, well, we did sell loads and loads of them. People loved them, but 
I, it's one of the only machines that I I've designed and built and, and whatever I cannot get on with. It just I just don't like it. It's horrible, and I've stuck by that ever since. And I've picked them up right them, but they're horrible. You just not like using them to tattoo, or do you just garden? That's it. Honestly, they're just they're evil. It's an evil, evil. It, honestly, it's horrible. I personally think they're that bad. I do. <laughs> I feel like my heart is breaking. You're talking about I, my. Oh, I, lo- I love the look. Of it. I, I love. I love the way they they work. I just do not like the hit on them, and they just they are just they're relentless. They're unforgiving, and I think yeah. that's why I like them. And it's just uh, I've never been a fan of them. But yeah, there's a there's a backstory to this with Thales machines. Every coil he used to buy coils like every other month. When I first started, and even though he'd find like the hardest hitting, like you know, big liners, and he'd just end up just taking them down so it's like it feels like nothing. Like you just sort of touching the armature bar, and it's it backs up to nothing. It's like, oh, yeah, that's better. I feel that. It's like, no, <laughs> ruined it. That's how it is. That's how you do it like every time. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh what what was the first rotary works machine that was made? Uh, I have some stuff here actually that I don't know what I've done with. Give me a minute and I'll show you some stuff. Okay. Awesome. So we next week we're chatting to Michelle Myers who runs Daredevil um, Tattoo Studio and Tattoo Museum in New York, and she's oh, yeah. got this amazing collection of historic. Um, tattoo machines right down to like the Thomas Edison pen and um, such an, a, an amazing like from back then right to present day so it's that'll be interesting to find out more about her sort of history of those yeah this is, there's a lot of weird and wacky uh, machines uh, yeah these were, these were my original machines that I made and but that looks like a that looks like a bit of a direct drive, sort of. Yeah. Well, so because what would you describe? Yeah, because we we didn't have for people uh, who are pre-made needles back then. What we used to do, we used to have a plain uh, needle bar, and you used to go up inside the guy there, you used to lock inside there, and you put your grip up on top there. So basically, the needle bar would just be like a yeah, just a needle bar with no loop on it. Basically, we used to make our own to be straight. But then it came to the stage where pre-made needles come in, and then I designed this, which basically turned that upside down, turned that upside down, and made a guy uh-huh. back sitting, and then a, a nipple coming out there, which theoretically was that. See that? Oh, so that, that's that looks like that's, that's that's that upside down, really. So. Oh, yeah. I kind of, I kind of wow. uh, uh, that moved on from that to. <laughs> You've got big tiger stuff here, so I rummage through. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is great radio, isn't it? <laughs> Making sure people know what's going on. <laughs> I know. I think we'll probably put go up because this is so nice to see. Yeah, and then um, moved yeah. on from that to that, which is which yeah. got like. A, a, a thing inside it. So this was the one where we still had the needle bar going up inside it. 
um, and then you grip on top of there. But then one day I just come up with the idea of just maybe use this one, turn it round, so and then turn that round there, and then the, the little pip guide thing, and it ended up being this basically. So wow. and then it, it, we could do standard needle bars on it. And I think at the time when I did it, it was early, early nineteen ninety. Nine two thousand, I think it was. And I think I was one of the first to do it. I'm not sure people well, uh, say, but and then from that, then we we escalated to the the super old note around the motor, bit of brassness. These are these are so heavy as well. Like they're they're beastly machines. Yeah, they're no, <laughs> no good, no good for your carpet tunnel. So, I know it's so good for me. So yeah, and then we. My- Eventually, from there, and then from that, then is the plain brass, which is the baby of all babies, which I haven't got with me. So, oh, a classic. My my boyfriend has um a read like one he must have had for I don't know thirteen or years or something. Like I don't know how long he'd been selling them properly, but it's got a two point five volt motor. Yeah, and he said, "They say that, then you'll know how old it is." And he's too scared to use it in case it goes wrong because he loves it so much. <laughs> Yeah, they stopped they stop making those motors I've, I've, um yeah they, they them motors they stopped making but i've got a uh, msa model the same spec as that motor i've got loads of them in the shop oh, it okay. runs, on, runs on about two and a half three volts doesn't it yeah and yeah hammers that they, they that's what's in these that's what's in these ones i can't think of what they're called what are they called they were awesome. Yeah, they were a German one, but they, they were like amazing. They'd run so quick, so amazing for lining and stuff, just to run it quick along the skin. Amazing. Okay. But we, we, the only reason we changed from them to go to MFA was because everybody was buying Chinese power supplies and Icon come out and all that kind of stuff, and they didn't have a feature on there for the motors, and the people were buying a machine and they were just stopping, wouldn't run the motor. Oh, yeah. that's useful. <laughs> What's well, your favourite machine that you've you've made? My favourite, it's got to be, uh, it's got to be the plain brass. Even though I don't use yeah. it, it is my, <laughs> it's my baby. I mean, I use the um, uh, hybrid cart machine. I used. Oh yeah, I've never, st- I haven't started using cartridges yet. I'm sure I'm a bit behind the times with it now. You know what, it's easy because I don't tattoo as much as, as I used to and just to use a couple of carts a day, a liner and, and a couple of shaders, it's just easy for me um, rather than having three, four machines set up. And the thing is with a Rory, you can do anything. So you can line, shade, colour, everything with one machine. So with the same machine. Yeah, but I see the benefits of it. But with me, I tend to do like a lot of smaller tattoos. So I might have five or six people in a day. And then it gets really expensive. So I just have my sort of standard setup and then and but if I ever do anything bigger, like I'll occasionally borrow one and I'm like, oh I don't know, I don't know about this. <laughs> a lot a lot of people in the industry are lazy and this this isn't a digger more, but they buy from t- <laughs> they buy from tattoo uh, suppliers where they can just buy a direct sub. You you can go on the sites where you can buy all your cards, but you need to buy in bulk, not thousands yeah. of that. If you buy in bulk, and that's what I do, because there's like four or five of us in the shop, I buy bulk, and then I just they all pay. We all well, we all go in together to buy them all. So 
and it works out a lot cheaper rather than just paying like 15 quid a box. Oh, okay. Oh, that's really useful then. That is useful. So, um, Ian, why did you say that you don't tattoo anymore? You just concentrate on the machines? Yeah, I mean, I maybe do two tattoos a year. <laughs> I keep my foot in. <laughs> But yeah, it's just the, the, I, I just run run the sort of um, the machine side of things for Dell now. Really, it's just yeah, yeah, sort of fell out of love. Like the industry sort of changed as I was, as I got into it. It's sort of it's sort of this weird sort of time. Like it was just sort of picking up interest in sort of mainstream sort of ways. And um, yeah, it's got to the point a couple of years in. I was like doing my fifth Beckham sleeve of the day. I was like, I can't, I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> People telling me what to do because they know better, and I was like, no. Yeah, there's a lot that goes on with tattooing that customers don't really see, isn't there? And it's, it's not for everyone. It is incredibly stressful, incredibly mm. work, and people, the huge rush of people wanting to get into it. They see the outside and they see Instagram yeah. and travel and stuff but they have they've no idea really yeah let's see we you know according to some people we've got like four lambos out there <laughs> yeah oh, sorry dad's got six um oh. got a couple of yachts <laughs> around italy you know oh sounds ideal rock star lifestyle exactly oh i wish <laughs> this, 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 this is, is a rock star Look at his top in this, reality. This, this, this is a look. Um, I'm like a slob. This is a, this is a reality of what you see now of me in the workshop. This is a daily bit, a daily thing of you till like half seven, eight o'clock working. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it, if it wasn't for the fact of years ago, I was constantly drawing and and all that kind of stuff and prepping for the next day. Now it's in the workshop making machines, trying to do stuff to to get done paying for the family mortgage all that kind of rubbish there ain't no rock and roll lifestyle i can tell you that now i know you can't even afford a clean jumper look at that my missus always says i dress like a tramp but i dress for comfy not <laughs> my work my being being a tattooist you learn that your work clothes are your going out clothes when you're going out clothes are your work clothes and there's, there's no, I don't know if you're all the same, but there's no, there's no difference between it. I mean, most tattooers I know, all their good clothes, they wear to work. So and and vice yeah. versa. Then so. That's, I I am gonna have to go back to work wearing leggings because I tried to put my jeans on the other day, and after almost a year in lockdown, they do not fit. So now I don't have any good work, any good going out clothes, any work clothes. <laughs> I'm gonna be tattooing in pajamas. <laughs> so, so just there in your dressing gown, it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go for comfort every time. It's easy. Yeah, you know yeah, just, that's it. Just say so you've got your bad back again, and everyone, and everyone can fuck off. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> got bad back. Let me off. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. And <laughs> um, so, when did um did you set when you started making the machines, Dale? Did you? think it was going to be a whole business or did you just start making it because you enjoyed it and then it took off i i started making, yeah in, in a late late 90 i started about 97 and i sold a, a few a few of this model i used to do a plastic one a few of these to a couple of tattoos that i knew um 
and and you've more of a passion to be honest with you and i it just got to the stage of we'd sell a few build more build some more for the guys in the shop and just whatever doing whatever and when, when did we do it was it brighton yeah it's the first the first ever brighton tattoo yeah. convention 2006 i think it was and we did brighton and Whenever it was, we we worked Brighton for the first year or two, and then we supplied, I think. But we was I was selling bits and bobs, and then I was getting it was beads, and we went to Brighton and we took it was a massive amount of machines. It was ten, wasn't it? Ten. Yeah. Whatever we sold, and literally it was like someone flicking a switch overnight. And I, I was getting five of these a week made by the guys around the corner, and I was begging them. Bear in mind, this is a, a guy in a tiny room with a manual mill, and he was making five of these a week. Sometimes, if he pushed it, he could make me ten. And literally, it, it was just ridiculous. And then I just found an engineer and started mass producing. Well, I was having 50 done at a time, which for me then was, like, huge. And it wow. just... Literally, honestly, I'd get 50 and they'd be gone within less than a week. Yeah, that's as soon as that Brighton convention was over, like the next day, like the Monday, it was like email, phone call. And this was was everywhere. I mean, this was almost like, I wouldn't say worldwide, but it was in a a massive everywhere. And it was just people messaging me and they were all trying to pre-order. But by then, I didn't have no website. I had nothing. So everything was done through Facebook and I would just answer the questions and it would take like a couple of weeks to get a machine, but it was just it was ridiculous. What do you think started that? Do you think it was people who bought the machines at the convention going away and telling their mates, like, fuck me, you've got to try this? this. this, is... this <laughs> it was this. This, that top section. This, this top section where you could use pre-made needles. Right. All other rotaries were like a direct drive. This wasn't. It was like, I think it was ahead of its time. And people used it when it was a couple of people in Brighton bought in, a couple of people in Europe, and it just literally went nuts overnight. Like, ridiculous. Wow. And here you are. Here yeah. we are. A little bit fatter, still miserable. <laughs> Talking to us on a Friday night. <laughs> we. So, yeah, it's kind of my homebrew. <laughs> And have you got any machines in the pipeline? Like anything exciting? I have, as it goes. I've got quite a few. <laughs> <laughs> There's a new pen, which will be, I uh, don't know when. Um, we're still sort of designing it, changing it around, but trying to make it simple and cost effective, I might add as well, rather than a thousand pound price tag. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this on. Uh, Instagram or anything at the moment. I think so. Which what is it? What's it called? Have you named it? Yeah. It's called the machine. <laughs> <laughs> the machine. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know. I don't know what to call it. It's just something a little bit different. It's a bit coil inspired, but it's kind of a version of of, of this really. Um, What's that in it? your lap? This is my Imperium machine, which we only made a small batch of didn't really take off i think because it had the the chuck vice of a card grip and all that on it um, okay, yeah. kind of redesigned it 
to this to a degree. Made uh, prototype last year's start of the first lockdown, and that's that's where it is now. It's been made on the new machine, and I'm just going through doing a different version of that, um, which is in the other room. So it's just come off the machine, which I've been doing today. Would you like to see it? Yes, please. Help you guys. Maybe you'll change its top. Nah. Nah. <laughs> we, we could pull up outside and he'd still be like, I'm not changing. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> it's just a similar thing, but it's a different shape. Camera over there. Oh, that looks really cool. Gonna have a different chuck vice on it and just trying to is that, is that what aluminium? Yeah. 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 We're doing this as well at the moment. We're all going coily fied at the moment, amateur barish. A little bit different. But these are on the website, these are these are ready. Um well, I say ready, they're half built. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so yeah, cool little machine, four mil stroke, nice and smooth. So what would um, people who don't really, maybe people who are like starting out and stuff, what is the difference with the strokes? So what would they like, I don't know, three mil versus a four mil, three and a half mil versus four and a half, whichever the variants are, what what does that mean really? I'll go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the smaller... <laughs> Um, so if you had like a 2.53 mil, that sort of thing, you're only kind of brushing the skin, so you're, you're not going very deep. So very good for smooth blends, black and grey, um, sort of like realism colour. So it's, it's just a lot less harsh on the skin, but the higher, the bigger cam, the bigger throw you go, so you get a lot more needle. Generally, that comes with a lot more sort of punch. Get a pitted effect as well, don't you? Yeah. So, 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 so three mil, that's really good kind of all-rounder. Well, three and a half is a yeah. good all-rounder, so you can line small lines up to a, what, sort of like a loose yeah. 12. Um, mag-wise, you can pretty much push most mags with a 3.5. Then a 4.2 would be good for sort of medium to larger liners and, yeah, big mags. Good for, good for solid colour, good for black work. And do all of your machines, do they come with an, the option to have it, like a yeah. varying stroke? Yeah. So then we only do two strokes, a 3.5 and a 4.2. So but we, okay. we can't, you can change them if you wanted to. Um, but yeah, if you can't. We used to do a 2.5 mil, didn't we? But yeah. it was just, it was just like... A lot, of, a lot of people coming in the industry now don't really use a 2.5 stroke or can't really use 2.5. I used to use a lot of it for doing black and grey and stuff because you don't get any needle marks in skin. Okay. Uh, and that, that's, that's the difference with having variant cams of, uh, of depth. That, uh, the smaller the cam, the less needle marks. That's why a lot of traditional artists like the bigger 4.2, 4.5. We used to do 4.5, didn't we? Hmm. People used to moan about it, didn't they? So it was too harsh. Yeah. So we stopped <laughs> doing 
But weirdly, people are asking for a five mil now. Yeah. So it's, what do you want to do with a five I mil might... beyond? Out of your out of your machines, if somebody was starting out and just wanting wanted like a an all rounder, if they went on the website now, what would you recommend that they they start with? Plain brass. brass. That'll do everything for you. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> I'm sure Mick must be like just thinking, what the what the fuck are they talking about? And yeah. anybody who any customers listening are probably like falling asleep. But I find it so interesting just asking of the questions that I've always wanted to know and just oh I'm sure there's loads of people out there who also just be like listening intently. Pick up the phone. But <laughs> I'm pick up the phone. If I'm at the shop or leave a number, I mean I like talking on the phone because people can't see me. It's great. <laughs> I, have, I, have loads of people, I have loads of people ring and ask questions and I mean most of the time some people just ring up just for a chat that I've never even met before and it's just they want to talk machines, but I'm happy to give as much information as you want. I mean, you know what I mean? I, I, I enjoy talking about Tadio and I enjoy talking about my machines, not on camera, obviously, but, <laughs> but it, you know, it's, it's nice that people take the time to actually ring and ask questions um, rather than send a stupid email asking stupid questions. <laughs> but yeah, we do get some stupid emails asking some stupid questions. And that's that's cool. We have heard a lot of stories on this podcast already about how tattoo customers are idiots. So that's interesting. Tell us some stories about how tattooists are idiots with, with what they're asking. <laughs> no, they're not so much idiots. It's just the, the, the stupid questions of just like some of them are idiots. What volts should we run the run the machine on? Or how much how much needles shall I hang out and whatever? So you buy a machine, we're an apprentice, you know what I mean? It's just <laughs> Just simple common sense. Turning up to the field is right, or if you've got skin flying everywhere, it's too high. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I probably won't phone you up and ask you how to apply a sensor then. We've probably had an email saying, actually, no, we do. We, yeah, we've had emails asking. At least people just trying their luck, saying, you know, I want to buy a machine, I've heard good things, and then like, do I need to buy a clip cord, power supply? <laughs> A put switch, what needles do you recommend? It's like, <laughs> you don't know that, it's probably not worth buying, buying a machine yet. Um, so we put out some questions on Instagram asking people to, to send in, and one of them from uh, someone called Leroy underscore tattoo wants to know who would win in a fight between <laughs> uh, Ian and Dale, old school prison rules. But I, th I think I have my suspicions. I can just hide behind a like a bit of paper. I'm, I tell myself, <laughs> I'm being so, like, I'm good. <laughs> just turn Where's he gone? <laughs> you can just follow him around like that lad in um, Monsters Inc. Yeah. <laughs> we, we do actually have a proper question from um, Instagram, which comes from Stephen O'Kane Tattoo. And his question is, what do you see as the future for tattooing in terms of equipment? Ooh, high price tag to start with. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, my, I've been in the tattoo industry all my life. My dad's been tattooing ever since pretty much I was born. So 
I've been in it. I've seen, I've seen the ups. I've seen the downs. But from a tattooer's point of view, it's it's mainly ups. I mean, we I come from the days of where we never used to be that busy in the winter time. But we only used to walk-ins then. Now everybody's a custom artist. So I I just see it going from strength to strength to strength. But people need to realise that when you work for someone in a shop and there's four or five of you in there and you're busy, you're busy for a reason. You're busy because you're in a good shop. Don't think that by opening your own shop, you're going to have that cut in the pie. Stay where you are. Stay where your bread's buttered because... Honestly, I've had a shop for 20 odd years and it's just nothing but bills and headache and tattoo artists. Don't get me wrong, I've enjoyed it, I've loved it. Um, but it's, I see tattooing getting bigger, better. And, and the thing is now everybody's learning from each other, which I think is amazing. Be a sponge, learn what you can, you know, get tattooed by the best people you know and, you know, the, the variety out there is amazing. And it is just getting better and better and better. You must have seen so many changes in tattooing since you started out in the 90s. What do you think is the biggest change that you've seen just in, in day-to-day? I think, uh, yeah, just 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 the knowledge that everybody's, well, most people like to share with each other because everybody's hungry to learn, whereas when I started and people probably before me is, they didn't used to tell people things. They, they think it was a secret. If they were using back then, it was like, oh, look at those bright colours. And <laughs> you laugh at it now. But the people that were putting that stuff in the skin never used to tell people what they used to do and how they used to make it, where they used to get it from. Whereas, whereas now you can just go on the internet and research it and look at it or find your best artist, which you think is amazing, go and have work by him, her. Um and then just learn from them. And, and yeah, it's just, and the fact now that you can work by appointment, don't have to sit in your ass all day waiting for someone to come in at five o'clock and they can't bother to do it. We want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> what, and what about, do you think, we talk about like the future, but what do you think about the future of tattoo equipment? What do you think is coming? But to, to be honest, Sue, nothing really's changed from back when I started, apart from everything's more readily available now. Um, I mean, coil machines are always the same. I mean, a coil machine is a coil machine. You know, it's, there's no point bigging uh, it up. It is what it is. Does what it does, and it's you know, it's an amazing tool to have. Rotaries, again, is just a motor. Um, a different throw and, and how it looks is just cosmetic really and the person using it but now it's coming with a, with a price tag I mean but then you've got a couple of builders out there who are doing some seriously good stuff at the moment so I'm not going to mention any names because I'm not plugging them is it no <laughs> yeah quite right and have you got any advice for somebody who wanted to start making their own rotaries yeah, do it. Have have fun with it. I mean, have fun with it, and, and but do what I did and what a lot of people. I mean, I've I've helped a lot of builders all around the world through through the years, and I mean, they just seem to get your information off you and and help them out so they can you know make a machine out of it, and then they kind of you know they move on to better things. But 
do a lot of the stuff on on your own back do some homework find a cheap engineer an old boy or something that's happy to to make you stuff one-offs and do a little prototyping but just have fun with it enjoy it but i i do it i applaud it everybody should do it it's fun <laughs> <laughs> One of the other questions that came through Instagram is from Ian's wife. And she wants to know, when are you going to stop leaving your clothes on the bedroom floor? Shaking Never. your head. <laughs> I'm going to add to them now. <laughs> you, do, you, do, you, sh- you shamed him in public on the podcast, so I'm going to leave yeah. my clothes everywhere now. Dad, why you I'm going to leave them in the garden now as well. Just like take them off his book in the front door. Take some of Dale's home with it to get them washed and leave them everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why, why do you think I stay in my workshop so long? Because if I go inside, I get mound at, so I'm better off out here. <laughs> <laughs> I've got all my homebrew out here. I've got my log burner. I've got everything I need. <laughs> Sounds ideal. <laughs> are, you doing, are you planning on doing Brighton this year if it's all allowed to go ahead? Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the best shows the UK has, I think. Yeah, I agree. They've yeah. done it every year, right from the very first we've been there every single year, either tattooing or selling machines, so, or both. You need so, number one. Um, number one. <laughs> I'm trying to convince Woody to come on, so that's why I've, I've mentioned it. <laughs> Be a good plug. Do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, it's been so great to talk to you guys. Like, I'm quite glad that my my internet shit because you've not seen me grinning the whole time. It's uh, I'm just proper fangirled, really, because the Rotary Works name, and I'm sure this is the same for so many other tattooists. Like, it's been so prominent in my tattoo world since I started that it's so great to to chat to you guys about it all and hear the history and we'll definitely have to upload the video so everyone else can see the machines it's so great to see absolutely and it's really cool to to, to hear you talking so passionately about uh, and to show us the the evolution of those those machines that you said were were massive and clunky to then see what we're what you're dealing with now with those that tiny little aluminium machines there and they look they look the bollocks so yeah thank you very much for coming on that was really that was super interesting thank you Thank yeah, you. Right. it's been great. Fingers crossed. I'll see you at Brighton. Hopefully, if it if the world yeah, settles yeah. down. I so say we normally we normally bring these things with us anyway. So if people want to see them at conventions, they'll be they'll be there. And awesome. yeah, we're not we're not horrible. Just come come and have a chat. Kill <laughs> two magic people. So yeah. Oh, you have the, all the weirdos now. <laughs> what you? <laughs> yeah, me. I'll, I'll be right there. I normally am. Have you got any triples? Can I have one, please? <laughs> and Dale's going, no, that's shit. <laughs> he does. He, the amount of people he's talked people out of buying them is unreal. Yeah, it's an unusual it's sales honest. technique. I'm honest. That's it. People ask me a question, I give them an honest answer. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm there. I'm there to help. I'm not there to try and force a machine on you or whatever. It's, it's you know, it's down down to the individual if you want Absolutely. to buy it what more can you ask for from someone being honest that's, that's it. it like just being so decent it it's such a credit like it's so nice to buy stuff from nice people so yeah, yeah. yeah. thank you nice one thanks okay. for coming on good to speak to you both
speed so one of us <laughs> well one, <and laughs> one face and well, no, it's actually three of us because there's me you and that robot that comes on every now and again yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the alien. and my cat behind me snoring so i wouldn't be surprised if there's weird like noises in the background <laughs> good lad thank you we'll see you soon <laughs> yeah thank yeah. you so much guys cheers bye, bye. bye. bye.